0: I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points.
1: And you want to know why I'm smiling like this? Because on the Talking Points thumbnails, Cameron always makes them up. And you always got that good smile. And I've noticed lately I got these thumbnails like right after this you take this picture and I'm like this.
0: So I I have to make sure I stand with the... Now, I didn't know he was about to say that, but let me tell you the truth of the story. The reality is that Mark Howard sometimes will say, like, why don't you ever get one of me smiling? I like, well, maybe you should actually smile more, and that's the no. thing. So I'm just trying to catch a random snapshot of us looking pleasant, and it's want harder want to come to, by
1: than you might think. You wouldn't want people to think I'm friendly or anything. No, no,
0: no, that's the last thing we want to do. Now, well, we have a great lesson We this do. Week. We're going to look at it. This is actually still in quarter to the promise, God's everlasting right. covenant, and we're on lesson number eight, titled Covenant Law. Covenant law. Now that's an important thing, Mark Howard. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole quarter, there's a whole study on just this the law. A whole,
1: well, let's be honest. Okay, the last three quarterlies, I I remember distinctly. I I'm sure it was in before, but we had education, we mm-hmm. had Isaiah, and now the promise. Mm-hmm. But every quarterly has, and I guess you would expect this a lesson on the law and on the week, Sabbath. Exactly. A whole week, week
0: on these kind of. And yeah, don't give too much away. But next week we're looking at that. <laughs> particular law of the Sabbath. But
1: you can't really have a covenant without a law. And we're exactly. And that's kind movie. of
0: the whole gist of this week is that is the foundation of the covenant and we'll study right. that out in more detail. So I would propose that we just have a quick word of prayer and then if you would kind of give us the lay of the land for this week's talking class. Absolutely. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for this study that you've given us from the lesson, but of course it's based on your word and we want to thank you for that above all. Please now bless our understanding of that word and help us to communicate it well to each other and to those who might be visiting our Sabbath school classes as we seek to further your work and give the gospel to the world. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Okay, Okay, Cameron, as you said, and it's stated in the quarterly Sabbath afternoon, third paragraph, our study this week centers on God's law and its place in the Sinai covenant. Mm-hmm. And I might add to that, which we will, it's not just the Sinai Covenant. And it, it, All the covenants are based on the same law. The mindset is that uh, the old covenant, the law was part of the old covenant. You've even heard we're the term discover, like the old
0: law, the old covenant. Like you yeah. put old in front of it it means like, oh, that is all done away with. That's and, right. Yeah
1: and so point number one talking point number one is God's law is the foundation of the covenants plural now at least old and new covenants we've talked about this in the Bible there are other agreements in the Bible that right. are listed but when it comes well we'll get into that
0: okay. God's law is the foundation of the everything that God does covenant wise if law is the foundation yes beautiful okay point number two
1: point number two obedience to God's law is the key to happiness well, that's sweet It sure is, and it's a great. You know, we're going to get into the mindset, even among Christians today, is that God's law is actually something that takes away from happiness, Mm. which is Lucifer's argument in the beginning. God forbid, Christians are picking up. No, the obedience to God's law is the key to happiness. We're going to see that the lesson highlights that this week. And incidentally, talking point number one was was drawn from Monday and Thursday. Interesting. And point number two was drawn from Tuesday (laughs) through Friday.
0: Interesting again.
1: Um, so there's a little repetition there. Of some. And then the last talking point is God's design was and is for his people to magnify his law. And that was drawn mm. from Sunday's lesson.
0: Okay. So that's the lay of the land for this week. Well, let's just jump right into it then. Let's go back to number one. God's law is the foundation of the covenants, plural, that... All covenant relationships with God that he has with people have this law at the foundation. Okay. Okay. Flesh this out.
1: All right. Well, so far in the quarterly, I think every lesson has highlighted something about the importance of obedience in connection with the covenants. Uh, Our last lesson specifically talked to, was it lesson? No, it was lesson four. In lesson four, it talked about the three-stage covenant. To Abraham in Exodus, um, Exodus, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, mm-hmm. Genesis 17. Mm-hmm. And it said in all of those stages, there were three steps. God's approach to man, man, the, the, the man's need for obedience, right. a call to obedience, mm-hmm. and then God's promise as to a result, what he was going right, to do yeah, for man. Yeah. And so when you're talking obedience, obedience to what? Right. I mean, as soon as you say obedience, it begets some code to obey. Yeah. And that is always the law of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, lesson number four was highlighting the Abrahamic covenant, but anytime you're talking about obedience, which we've seen in all these agreements of God, they're conditional upon obedience,
0: obedience to what? It's a law of so God. So it's not like God had different covenants at different times with Abraham and that? but now at Sinai, he introduces this thing called a law. He's right. like, well, no, there's been a law all along.
1: Well, and, and adding to that, so you take the, you, we talk about, we use these terms freely in Christianity. Rebellion?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rebellion against what? <laughs> like rebellion is there's some kind of law or rules to rebel against right, right. justification i mean mm-hmm. that's a grand theme for christians justification to be justified but to be justified is to declare innocent innocent, innocent what? from what <laughs> breaking from law. breaking god's law i mean it, it's in and you know you go to romans 3 and it fleshes that out very well but yeah so the idea of law is inherent in mm-hmm. when you're talking about obedience furthermore um Monday's lesson, and they bring up the passage. I've got it here in my Bible, and I've got it also in the quarterly. Uh, It quotes it at the top of the page, Deuteronomy 4.13. And Moses said to the people, and he, uh, the Bible says rather, and he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two uh, tables of stone. So Moses is highlighting. Mm. The Lord gave you his... But here he says something interesting. His covenant... Which he commanded you to perform even Ten Commandments. We need to make a clarification. Okay. Because in the Christian world, this is one of those passages where Christians say, yeah, that's the old covenant made at Sinai. The covenant was the Ten Commandments. Right. And that old covenant was done away with, and therefore the commandments are done away with. Let's Mm -hmm. just be clear. A covenant, we've already learned this, is an agreement. Mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments themselves are not an agreement. They're the foundation Mm -hmm. of the agreement. And so I put in the notes here that a covenant is an agreement. The law itself was not the agreement, but the, provided the terms of the agreement.
0: Also, I put in my little notes here, going through the lesson. It said, apparently the covenant is not merely something to passively receive, but to actively be performed. I thought it was interesting that yes. the covenant is the thing um, which he commanded you to perform. So. It's not just a deal, hey, we've got the deal. It's almost, I think there's some once saved, always savedness going. into. Oh, we yeah. made a covenant, and so now we're just kind of coast. No, it's, it's, a, an, it's an active thing. You That's stay right. engaged with it through the law terms that are outlined.
1: Well, and the lesson continues to try to bring that out, that we're talking about a relationship with God mm-hmm. in this covenant term. It's a dynamic thing. Yeah. That's right. And on Monday's lesson, paragraphs uh, 2 and 3, it says, in fact, various expressions such as law, statutes, testimonies, commandments, and word of the Lord are found parallel to or in closest association with, if not having almost the same meaning as, the word covenant. Mm. Evidently, and then it quotes this phrase that's found in Jeremiah 11, 3, 6, and 8, for example, I'm talking about the covenant. Evidently, the words of this covenant, that phrase, are words of God's law, statutes, testimonies, and commandments. Mm. The covenant of God with his people, Israel, contained various requirements that would be crucial for maintaining the special relationship he sought with his people. Um, Is it any different today? So anyway, we're going to get more into that, but the idea of obedience and what have you Mm -hmm. implies law and then very clearly spells out that in the covenant, the words words of the covenant that's just saying that this agreement is based on you doing this. Absolutely. Living this way.
0: Yes. To perform it, yeah. Alright, so we're still talking about uh, is there anything more we need to talk about? Talking no, about no, no, one, so we're really moving into then? point number point two I, I, I kind of laughed a little bit because my kids have their Sabbath school lesson and stuff and we talk about the law they, uh, they'll use the My Bible First Lessons, as it always talks about the ha- God's happiness rules yes. and rules for happy living and this kind of stuff. And it f- seems like such an almost childish thing to say, do you know those rules can make you so happy when you mm-hmm. obey? And mm-hmm. it sounds like a thing you say to children almost, and you don't want to say you trick them, of course, or anything, but it, it almost sounds like, well, I mean, grown-ups realize that there's actually a lot of responsibility in terms. and, 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 and when You don't re- trick your children. No, I'm not saying you don't <laughs> trick your children, but what w- the irony is we're actually telling them it sounds childish or childlike, but that's the reality childlike. that God expected us to experience in right. encountering and embracing His law. That we actually have a better because like, you right. couldn't be talking about even in the terms like the covenant has these stages and then these steps <laughs> and then these conditions, and if you obey and comply, you will be blessed. Right. It's like. Well, okay, it's it's like, and plus, they're going to be so happy. It doesn't sound happy from our carnal mind. Well, you have to ask yourself in the whole scheme of things. I mean, it's like we forget this. God
1: made the law. Mm -hmm. God did it. Yeah. More specifically, Jesus, the son of God, is the originator of the law. Right. What kind of law would he make? And for what purpose? In other words, at the end of the day, you've got to, if there's a problem with the law, if it is so strict and so hard in it, then God's fault. It's it's right. God's fault, and that right. was Lucifer's argument from the exactly. beginning.
0: Exactly, and that's the whole thing. And I think that it casts he,
1: reflection on his character that isn't there.
0: And I think we're going to get to that later. And we talked about it earlier. In fact, that the idea that Satan has a beef not just with God in a generic sense, but with Christ specifically, and the point of contention is his law, his authority, his rule. And he has gone out of his way, I think, and done a marvelous job of mm-hmm. making even Christians feel that the law is a burden. Or it's woeful. Well, it's and
1: part true. of it, what you're just saying now, his his law, his authority, his rule, this set of... Yeah. It, and so, the question that we need to ask is, why did he give the rule? Yeah, exactly. What's
0: behind all this?
1: Why don't you read what it says there in Tuesday's lesson, the second paragraph.
0: Okay. Which I have this underline in mind, too, so clearly we both have mm-hmm. the same light in it. It said the Hebrew word Torah, translated as law in our Bibles, means teaching or instruction. The term can be used to refer to all God's instructions, whether moral, civil, social, or religious.
1: Okay, let's just take that concept. Torah means instruction. In in, in other words, in the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, when the word law appears, the original word is Torah. Mm -hmm. And the Jews understood that to refer to the first five books of the Bible, which included God's Ten Commandments. But in other words, it was God's instruction. His instruction for what? And I like to go to Psalm chapter 1. And okay. in the very first verse of Psalm, it says, uh, Psalm 1-1, Blessed is the man. Now, the word blessed means happy. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about God's rules for happiness. This is what it's saying. Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, mm-hmm. nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And I have to put the pause button here. You know, sometimes we, there's this mentality today that we've got to put everything in a positive light. Don't talk about what you can't do. Don't talk about don'ts. Mm -hmm. Talk about do's. And yet, the first thing God says here is, happy is the man who doesn't, who doesn't, who doesn't. (laughs) But instead, his delight, verse 2, is in the law of the Lord. And Mm. in his law he meditates day and night. What's the Lord saying? Happy is the man Mm. who meditates in and walks in the law. Mm. Why did God give the rules? He gave them the instructions, the Torah, their instructions in how to be happy yeah, so
0: they are a blessing inherently so there's not like if you comply with this miserable thing then i'll reward you right. with something he's like no, no no there is delight in the law itself like actually coming in harmony right. with there's even if there's no candy at the end of it it's just the thing itself well and it's candy at
1: the you. end of it let's talk about do we have any record in scripture mm-hmm. of a time because you know we're fallen world and all this stuff. the law is not being kept do we have a record of a time when the law was kept
0: well, <laughs> we have two chapters in the Bible before sin entered.
1: <laughs> yes, and then we have at the end of the Bible when mm-hmm. Earth is restored. That's right. In those little pictures, where's the pain? Where's the suffering? That's right. Where's the depression? Where's
0: the de- well? And, in fact, Revelation specifically says, "I'm going to wipe all the, those are going to be right. gone." That's the that's the thing that's missing from this that's experience. Right. Yeah. So, so all the yeah.
1: denigrating people do of the law when the law of God was kept and it wasn't kept grudging it's like yeah they kept it because they had to but they were always no there yeah. was there was genuine
0: happiness well and on that point and we're kind of getting off of we're still on this point about happiness though but, Yes. you know the converted person finds their happiness now we do have a bent towards evil now so we have a we have we're kind of Pre-programmed, or pre-wired to think that God is oppressive and, do, and difficult, and the things that I want to do—you know, the, how does the scripture say? There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, yeah. you know, but in the there of his death, um, we don't actually know what's in our best interest, but we trust that God does, and when we do, we actually discover. <gasps> This was happier. He was right. Well, and even
1: a little bit, taking it a step further than than that, this instruction, I liked what uh, Elder Jay Jay Gallimore always used to say, that Mm. these rules were rules to educate. We talk about a relationship with Christ, Mm -hmm. but a relationship like my relationship with my wife grew over time. Because I had to learn the things that pleased her, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you do, you know, this is the kind of flower she likes, this is the kind of candy she mm-hmm. likes, or this is the kind yeah. of place she likes to go, right? And so Elder Gallimore always used to call this these rules to educate the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the education, the, the um, instruction mm-hmm. is instructing us how to have a relationship with God. So to try to separate them from right. the relationship picture And that even includes no the sense.
0: do not, because I'm guessing you've learned what stuff she doesn't <laughs> like, too. It's like, I will you avoid bet. doing this and avoid doing that. And it makes for a happier life. Anyway, Time let's...
1: doesn't permit in this video to talk about the lessons I have learned. And, and there are some yet to learn. In fact, it'd be fun to interview our wives one day. No, let's not do <laughs> <Yeah>, not don't, <laughs> don't throw something
0: out there real quick. All right. Um, but So we're still inside of point number two about yes. obedience to God's law is the key to happiness. Uh, Tuesday quarterly is a thought question. Do yes. we want to go next? Um, well, let's just look at it right there. Um, like ancient Israel, seven-day Adventists have received a wide range of counsel pertaining... The, the, the why
1: question.
0: The why question? The why question. Okay. I'm why sorry. should we view these counsels, speaking of the light we've been received in the spirit of prophecy, Right. Right. As a gift from God rather than a... Uh, No, no, no. We're talking about the instruction, the Torah. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is in the thought question, though... Yeah, I... Oh, you're talking... I'm talking about the why question, yes. Oh, I was looking for the why inside the bottom one. Sorry. So we're looking at the question in the middle of the page. (laughs) But there's a great conversation we had at the bottom of the page, but in the middle of the page it asks this question. Yes. Why do you suppose God provided so much instruction, again, this instruction of the Torah, to or for Israel? In what ways were these instructions for their good? Right, and so
1: we don't need to elaborate. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter ten thirteen is cited there in that passage. I've also included Deuteronomy five twenty nine, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. six twenty four and twenty five. Deuteronomy five twenty nine is where the Lord says that you know keep these laws that it may be well with my people. Yes. Right. Deuteronomy 6:24 and 25, uh, These were for our good always, that he mm. might preserve us alive. Then it will be righteousness for us if we keep mm. the... So it's just all talking about the blessing and the benefit positivity. that comes yes. from... So the question on the page is, in what ways were the instructions for their good? Because it guided them. In fact, let's look at the bottom of the page. I've got a, I've got a paragraph there from Prophets and Kings, if you want to read that sure. in our
0: handout. It says to the people were committed to the, this people. I'm sorry to this people thank you were committed the oracles of God they were hedged about by the precepts of his law the everlasting principles of truth justice and purity obedience to these principles was to be their was to be their protection for it would save them from destroying themselves by sinful practices and as the tower in the vineyard God placed in the midst of the land his holy temple so this the the law, obedience to these principles, was
1: to be their protection and save them from destroying themselves, themselves. By sinful practices. And we don't view, mm. we don't really see the nature of sin and what it does to us.
0: But the and I think law it's also is a guardian against self destruction.
1: Well, mm. it, the precepts of his law, the everlasting principles of truth, justice, and purity. Boy, there's a lot of talk in society today about truth, justice, and purity, mm. but not in the context of the law of God. Like, this is the place where you find real truth, mm. real justice, and real purity. And without it, you're never going to have truth, justice, mm. and purity.
0: Powerful, yes.
1: Uh, now this next statement is also uh, a powerful one where Ellen White says the law of ten commandments is not to be looked upon as much from the prohibitory side don't yes, as from the mercy side now if I stop there a lot of people are like yeah don't don't make it a bunch of do's and don'ts that's not what she's saying listen to how she goes on in fact I'm going to read that again the law of ten commandments is not to be looked upon as much from the prohibitory side as from the mercy side it has both sides Mm -hmm. it's prohibitions the don'ts, mm-hmm. thou shalt nots, are the sure guarantee of happiness in obedience to mm-hmm. it. When we don't do this and we don't do that, and we have no other gods before God, you know, when mm-hmm. we don't bear false witness, etc., that's when we are going to be happy. Mm-hmm. As received in Christ, it works in us, the purity of character that will bring us joy.
0: Through the eternal ages. Well, and it's interesting because it it's almost seems contradictory. should not be looked upon as much from the prohibitory side. And the next thing is prohibi- prohibitions. Right. But it's not an abstract and arbitrary, right. you can't do this, but view those prohibitions as the guarantor of this better life you can have if you obey.
1: Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. it continues at the top of the next page. To the obedient, it, the law of God, is a wall of protection. Hmm. We behold in it the goodness of God, who by revealing to men the immutable principles of righteousness seeks to shield them from the evils that result from transgression similar to what we read in the last statement. So
0: I don't want us to skip back. In quarter Sabbath afternoon, paragraph two, yeah the, well we both love this sentence where the uh, I have to assume the yes. editor Clifford Goldstein probably wrote, "God's law is a safe, firm path. Through the treacherous swamp of human existence. It really, um, and I mean, the reality is we are in a sin sick world. It we don't a recognize swamp. the law, but we are in a swamp. But as we follow God's law, He actually can lift us from that pit, and it's uh, it's the best place to be.
1: Well, the lesson goes on on Thursday. Thursday's lesson is titled If, and it bases it on the passage in Exodus 19 5 where it says, If you will obey, dot, dot, dot. So the, the condition, mm-hmm. like, it's conditional upon obedience, the promises of God, and we've yes. seen that before. Now, it's interesting, on the last sentence, it says this, Obedience does not earn the blessings in that God is obligated to bring them. Obedience instead creates an environment in which the blessings of faith can be made manifest. Now, I, I think that's an awesome statement. Um, there's another one, and I, and I'm trying to see where I highlighted it. But it, there's a lot of this. We've read a lot of this in the lesson, and I've got to comment on it a little bit. That we don't keep the law in order to be saved; we keep it because we're saved. In other words, we're saved, and then mm-hmm. after we've been saved, we're we're told to obey.
0: Well, it definitely. And I've there's seen the repeated line between there's salvation. Yes. And then there's sanctification. Yeah. And the two don't ever talk. I mean, they might meet and shake hands, but they're two totally different things. So
1: I put this in our notes sin is transgression of God's law. To be saved is to be saved from sin. Matthew one twenty one, call his name Jesus. He'll save his people from their sin Mm -hmm. or transgression of the law. To be saved is to be saved from transgressing the law. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't be willfully transgressing the law and be called saved from transgressing the law. right? To be saved... Those
0: are mutually exclusive. So
1: it is impossible, therefore, to consider someone saved who continues to willfully transgress or disobey God's law. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. salvation includes being restored to harmony with God's law... Which is but a transcript of his own righteous character. Okay. So we can talk about justification when we're accounted righteous, mm-hmm. but that's not the entirety of salvation. Right. Salvation is the uh, is that that t- taking us as lawbreakers and making mm-hmm. us live lives in harmony with the law of God. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're still sinning, i.e., transgressing right. the law. And then, what am I saved from? Right. So there's a little bit of a well, strange economy well, that goes on. Faith,
0: I think that there's a common. I would probably call it a misunderstanding in the in the greater Christian church and even in the Adventist church that what I'm saved from is the penalty and the record of sin. And then after that, I mean, his pardoning power is absolute. Yes. His... His victory, power. his keeping power is not so much. is I mean he does his best. <laughs> you know and, and I was like, well that, to me that's patently offensive the same God that can wipe out my record mm-hmm. in a blink of an eye can also empower me to overcome so I don't fall down again right. right And so and God offers both in his salvation right so anyway so
1: I can appreciate I know why we do that and I've done it myself that it's you want to make the point that we're not earning salvation by our of obedience. Course. But to take obedience out of the question of salvation altogether, like again, begets the, the begs the question: What am I being saved from mm-hmm. if I'm still living a life of sin? Yeah. And then, to your point, the penalty of sin. But salvation is more than saving being yeah. being re- redeemed from the penalty of sin. Right? It's being saved from the presence of sin, and the, the power, power of, of sin, sin. Ultimately, the presence of sin. And right. and right now, the Lord works on saving us from the power. Well, of Well,
0: and sin. think about the logic of it. If we both. If we understand that the purpose of salvation is to recreate us in the image of God to reflect yes. his character, and he's given us a written transcript of his character, then the, our destination goal is commandment keepers, which is why God. That's right. right. So that whole... So That's this, the whole aim of the plan of redemption. It's right. not just calling us good, it's making us good. It's the process of us.
1: salvation is bringing us back into harmony with that perfect holy law, which is mm-hmm. a transcript of the character of God, which we're going to see as we go into point number three. Okay. Number three, God's design was and is for his people to magnify the law. The question asks on Sunday, what did God choose Israel for? And um, I'll just refer to our notes here. Uh, Deuteronomy 4 Five and there's some there are some passages here Exodus nineteen six and the quarterly talks about them being a kingdom of priests etc house of prayer for all nations I've included in our outline Deuteronomy four five through eight and you highlighted this last week mm-hmm. where. The, the Lord says that when you keep these commandments and I'm paraphrasing the people of the nations are going to look at you and say wow where else can we find such a wise and understanding people who has a god like this and statutes like this and mm-hmm. you know so that their keeping of the law was a testimony to the nations of what life could
0: be and it, and it, it yeah and it goes down to the minutia of like like if you've never studied it out that the camp of Israel was clean and it was organized and it was well run it was it was it was it was laid out in a certain right. way and then you have all these you talk about justice and, and and societal alignment. You know they had these beautiful things where you couldn't be um, in servitude for debt. You know, and there's the Sabbath day and the Sabbath year, and I mean all these really. And people, as you lived out the principles of the law yeah. in your own personal life, and your family, and the community, and then the whole congregation, people would sit back and it's like, I mean, my paraphrase, but like, dude, this is. Right. This is radically different than everything else. And what made them different is not, as God has repeatedly said, you weren't more numerous than everybody else. You weren't taller. Right. You weren't smarter. You weren't, but I gave you these laws and your fidelity to but me. It's the me that take, they're going to see. A, take
1: it for instance, any one of the command like adultery. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not unfaithful to my wife. Okay. Yeah. And therefore, like I don't, right? There's a prohibition. Yeah, right. I don't, but because of that, my wife and I are still happily married. Mm-hmm. I haven't been through multiple mm-hmm. divorces and and paying alimony over here, and yeah. I did this that. And yet, in other words,
0: it's a lot of heartbreak. Like the, not. The, the
1: the world may hear you. I don't. You don't sleep around with other women. <laughs> but then it's like, but you're happier than they have yeah. been to date in their life. I mean, that's just one example of no. I don't do this, and because I don't do this, my life is richer. And that's the world will notice that. Right. I it's an world, evidence,
0: exactly. That's right. Can you imagine I've, I've done this little thought experiment? As a pastor, with, I've
1: had people come to the church because they finally come to the realization that all this stuff that I was allowed to do was killing me. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was all my fun was <laughs> the right. worst thing. Well, I mean, imagine a society where everybody like I'm not even talking about the ceremonial law or even doctrinals. If it was just the Ten Commandments, what would society look like? It's almost hard to imagine. No dishonesty anywhere. No unfaithfulness yes. of any marriage. Right. No crime. No locks on the doors. No deception. No deception. You can trust everybody that, you know. Exactly. Everybody's just being... Everybody on Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honoring your parents. Right. So there were good parental relationships. You had good marriage relationships. A good societal relationship. There's no crime. Everybody got the seventh day off. Right. I mean, it would almost seem otherworldly. And that's kind of the point. It's like you're representing another world, and God wants us to be an evidence of that.
1: So I have other, you know, the Bible we looked in our last quarterly at being repairers of the breach, that breach in the law of God. But being the repairers of the breach, magnifying his law, this is not just talking about it a lot. This is as we live in harmony (laughs) with it and espouse those principles, it, it, it says, it communicates to the people when we come to Revelation 14, 12, it says, here are those who keep the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. It's that keeping of the commandments. It's that testimony. People mm-hmm. see that and it's an evidence that they have this great God and who, who's given them uh, uh, his law. Mm. And I have uh, on here the point that it, it, Satan from the very beginning has attempted to misre- uh, misrepresent God's character by attacking his law. Jesus, mm-hmm. again, according to Isaiah 42, 21, came to magnify the law And has always intended that his followers would do the same uh, throughout the ages. Friday quotes from um, what is this? Quote from Acts of the Apostles. That second quote. You want to read that on Friday's
0: lesson? Oh sure. In the precepts of His holy law, God has given a perfect rule of life, and He has declared that until the close of time, this law, unchanged in a single jot or tittle is to remain is to maintain its claim upon human beings. Christ came to magnify the law and make it honorable. He showed that it is based upon the broad foundation of love to God and love to man, and that obedience to its precepts comprises the whole duty of man. In his own life, he gave an example of obedience to the law of God. In the Sermon on the Mount, he showed how its requirements extend beyond the mere outward acts and take cognizance of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So there we have, obviously, in the life of Jesus, the example of
1: Jesus, who is Mm -hmm. to be our example. Amen. And we're to walk in his steps, uh, John tells us. And then I've added this uh, statement from the Great Controversy. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Ellen White says here on page 582 of Great Controversy, from the very beginning of the Great Controversy in heaven, it has been Satan's purpose to overthrow the law of God. I mean, we need to make no mistake, like, that is what Mm. he's attacking. So when we hear people attacking the law of God, where does it find its origin? Mm Mm-hmm. It was to accomplish this, to overthrow the law of God, is to accomplish this that He entered upon His rebellion against the Creator, and though He was cast out of heaven, He has continued the same warfare upon the earth. To deceive men and thus lead them to transgress God's law is the object which He has steadfastly pursued, whether this is to be accomplished by casting aside the law altogether or by rejecting one of its precepts. The result will be ultimately the same." And then she concludes by saying the last great conflict between truth and error is but the final struggle of the long-standing controversy concerning the law of God. Mm.
0: So it started over the law. It's going to end over the law. And God's going to demonstrate through this process that his law is exactly what it should be. A transcript of his character is righteous and true. It's beautiful. And the key to happiness. And the key to happiness. Couldn't have said it better. Well, this was a joyful study. I have enjoyed it very much, and I trust that you guys will as well in your local Sabbath schools. So let's close, Pastor Howard, with... Our summary statement. Yeah. Let's read that
1: at the, at, on Friday's sure. lesson. It says, God's law was an integral part of the covenant, yet it was a true covenant of grace. Grace, however, never nullifies the need for the law. On the contrary, law is a means by which grace is manifested and expressed in the lives of those who receive grace.
0: Thanks. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your law. Help us to truly find in it what you want us to have, which is a happy life, a life free of the self-destructive behaviors you know that sin can uh, can result in. So Lord, please give us victory in Jesus, pardon for our past and power for our present. And Lord, help us to always look to you for our ultimate joy in this life. And your law are all bound together. If we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.